What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Risen Fallen Podcast, the podcast where you can hear open and authentic conversations about things like mental health and self-development and uh, getting your life moving in the right direction. In a couple seconds here, we're going to jump in on a conversation with uh, John uh, from NYC Foodways. He's been on before. He's on again. And uh, this episode, we're going to talk a lot about uh, hookup culture, gender roles, uh, different problems that we see in society. And I uh, hope you guys can pull some good value out of it. And uh, let me know what you guys think. Reach out to John as well. Let him know what you think. And uh, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with John from NYC Foodways. Let's go, baby. John, how you doing? Mark, great to see you. It's good to be back. I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing really well today, man. Thank you very much for asking. How's uh, how's your day started? How did how did it start off, man? How you doing? I gotta be frank. This morning was dark, real dark. And folks out there that uh, that follow me, probably by the time this airs, you'll see me speak in greater depth, and I can speak in greater depth here. But every day the universe tests us, and my test is internal struggle it's a mental challenge that the universe places in my my mind every morning this is the mental challenge i would get every day before i got healthy but i would just fail it i would fail it by sleeping in uh by being ungrateful by overeating by not working out by looking forward to the weekend when i would take drugs and and just mess my life up i would fail it i failed it i failed it. and that's why i was such a failure now the same test is presented to me but i know how to pass it it's by adhering to my program and continuing to stay positive and continue to continuing to do everything i need to do around working out around creating content around showing love and the one today was especially uh it was especially strong of a test and i know for a fact because it was a prep test for this interview the universe was saying you're about to chat with mark again you know things went very well last time let's see are you worthy of this interview are you worthy of this positive connection are you worthy of spreading your message to the cosmos or are you going to be like everyone else and just fronting when you're on the air but behind closed doors you're actually skipping your workout you're actually overeating you're actually secretly drinking you're actually looking at weird shit on the internet and no nah, i pass with flying colors and i appreciate you asking me because that's real and it's every day this is a everyday thing that we do if we choose to if we choose to adhere to our word yeah man what um what kinds of things like uh is there anything in specific that you use like any tools that you use to like kind of generate the positivity that you're talking about positive like the uh any tactics that you use for people listening certainly the best tactic that i can use is the drawing upon my reserves of positive memories so i've run this program solid for about a thousand days straight and in banking on that i have a thousand days of taking negativity and turning it to positivity of forcing growth of engendering positivity of bringing love to myself so after a thousand days i can simply say dude you have been here a thousand times before literally and a thousand times before you have slain the dragon and a thousand times before you have created positivity where there could have been none before so all i have to do is do that remind myself of that get right into my program and on the other side of it, I mean, it is the most beautiful day in New York. And if I had broken program and skipped my workout or just sent negativity out, like 
I had some ideas about sending electronic negativity to certain people in my life that had brought me some challenges. And, and had I done that and lowered myself to the level of the test instead of raising myself to the level of my program, then I would be cursed. I'd be walking on the street with all these negative imaginary thoughts in my head about all, everything I should have done and could have done and everything that was going to happen today and how horrible all of these things are. And it's all fixed fiction. It's a totally fictitious internal narrative. This is the made-up narrative that most people's lives are ruled by. People are enslaved by these imaginary things that don't exist. They only exist because they don't do the real things that they need to. But instead, I did my program. I did the content. knew the whole thing. I had my protein shake, which is delicious. I love it. And then I went for a walk and picked up some fruit. And now I'm here with total abundance and total moral clarity. Like That's the best way I can describe it. This is not just clarity in thought, but there's a, a sense of moral openness and moral optimism because I said a while ago what I was going to do, which was to turn my life around and be a shining positive example for everyone that knows me. And if I don't do that, then I am breaking what I said I was going to do and setting myself up for God knows what in the future. So man, that's the best tactic is find a program that has proven results in taking negativity and turning it into positivity. And that program will become the tactic for you to do the same simple and plain. Yeah, I love it, man. I am a man of routine for sure. So I definitely appreciate that. That's um, kind of the way I stick to my guns as well. I I had a, a bit of a test day yesterday. I always call them test days. Cause for me, it's like, it's, it's on those days where, you're like, oh, okay, it starts off a little bit rough. And then you're like, okay, I don't really like how this is going. And then another thing happens and another thing happens. It's one of those days where just like, of course, today this is going to happen. And um, I had a, a like a, an annoying day at work. And as I'm finishing up my day, like it's like I start my, my work day in construction at about seven. And by four o'clock, I'm like, just about to wrap up my day. I'm at the landfill. I'm dumping a bunch of dirt off because I was digging holes all day. And um, as I'm at the landfill, I start backing my truck up to dump off all the dirt, right? And I asked the guy next to me, he's parked there with a trailer and he's dumping his trailer. And I asked him like, hey, am I too close to you? Or am I good here? And he's like, yeah, man, you're good there. You're solid. It's all good. I'm like, okay, sweet. So I park my truck. I get out and um, I'm in like my, I, I open up my back seat. So I'm on like the driver's side and I open up my back seat and I'm leaning in the door and I'm grabbing my gloves. I'm grabbing some stuff for work and I'm about to like start shoveling all the dirt out of the back of my truck. And all of a sudden I just hear this like crunching behind me and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I turn around and Buddy's trailer is ripping my door off. And I'm like, no, I'm like, man, are you kidding me? Uh, like, are you kidding me right now? And it's literally like inches. The, the This is the part where I was like starting to think about how blessed I am, man. Because it's like inches away from my legs. I'm like, dude, he could have pinched my legs into my door and that could have been my legs bending backwards. Like, thank God it's just my truck door. But I was like, man. I was just like on a four o'clock Friday afternoon. I'm like, man, this literally couldn't have been better timing. Hey, like what a fucking headache. 
you hit both sides of it. The first side you hit, which is the more readily accessible visual side for normal people, is what the fuck is going on? Of course, this is happening. Low, low energy. I'm a victim. But because you clearly have some sort of gratitude practice, the immediate follow-up is, well, my legs could have gotten ripped off. And when you think about it that way, I want everyone listening, the next time something annoys you, the next time your Uber is 50 cents more than you expect, the next time your Amazon Fresh delivery is missing some of your items, the next time you have to wait 20 minutes for your brunch table to eat candied bacon and milkshakes, I want you to think, well, at least my legs didn't get ripped off. Why don't you think that all the time? I want everyone listening to repeat Mark's words every 30 minutes for the rest of your life and your problems will disappear if you choose to really listen to yourself and ingest and digest what he means by that. Yeah, at least your legs didn't get ripped off. And I love how we, because we talked a bit before we're on air, most normal people would immediately bring this to a conversation, start complaining about how this horrible thing happened and they got victimized in all these various ways and they're never going to recover from this totally temporary situation based on material destruction of something that's going to turn to dust in the future anyway. But no, I appreciate you bringing that to me. And yes, of course it happens. Those things only happen Friday at 4 p.m. to test you. Where else would the test be? And if that happened at Monday at 8 a.m., it wouldn't be nearly as bad because you just, you know, are starting the week off. But this this is the way it's done. The tests come not when we want them, but we need them. And I take it you passed them. I take it you didn't go to the bar and start slamming scotch, right? No, I went to the gym and did jujitsu for an hour and a half. And how do you feel after? I literally, I was saying, so I got home and I'm like, literally, so I'm calling my insurance because, uh, so I'm calling them and I'm reporting it and I'm just like sending them the pictures. I'm talking to them about it and I'm on the phone and I'm like literally laughing about it. And then she, my girlfriend looks at me and she's like, how are you laughing? Like you're not pissed. Like most people would be like super mad. And I'm like, it is what it is. Like, what can I do? Like, what am I going to do? Fight the guy? Like, what am I going to do? Like this? I can't fix it. Like I, I build homes. I don't build trucks. So I'm just going to call my insurance, let them figure it out. I have a body shop right near me, so it'll get fixed. Like, there's nothing I can do. Getting mad's not going to fix it. So um, can I borrow your car and, and go to the gym? Because my door doesn't close now. It's bent backwards. And she's like, yeah, I mean, go for it. So I grab her car, go to the gym, and... I literally thanked the guys after that I was sparring with. I was like, you guys just provided me an hour of forgetting about the world while we just work on getting better at jujitsu. So thank you for that, guys. And they're just like laughing because it's funny when you start to have. It, it's like a weird I, I call it sometimes like blind optimism when you're like in a, an annoying time or like you're maybe it's a lot worse than just getting your vehicle hit. Cause sometimes that does it, it sounds like a weird thing to get mad about, but it's also something that everyone can relate to getting mad about is like one of those things where it's like, kind of, it's like, yeah, it'll be okay. You're not dead. You're, you're, you're fine. You know, like you didn't lose a family member. Your, your vehicle got hit. It is what it is. But those things, yeah. um, you know, you can just choose to have like kind of, and it's difficult. It's, it is a choice, but it is a difficult one to make to just have that kind of blind optimism. And when you have that, it, it's funny how people like, um, everyday people sometimes are turned off by it. Like they're kind of confused by it. You know, when you just thank somebody be like, Hey, 
yo thanks for sparring with me today guys like that that really helped me out mentally they like kind of laugh about it and they're like oh yeah this guy's kind of weird and i'm like no seriously thank you guys i i fucking i really needed it tonight thank you they either don't know how important their own role in other people's lives are or they haven't shown enough gratitude to themselves to understand how important physical exercise is in their own lives but what you're saying is it rings true you know when you bring that sort of energy to people that are typically surrounded by medium or low energy it strikes them either as bizarre or they're like oh my god i need this like i've had yeah. people reach send me messages in response to my, like saying literally i need this and i'm like all right cool let's i so do I like that's why I'm doing it I need this like the energy that you expressed just now I need that I need that for myself and God forbid I'm in another situation because you know I lost my home in a fire but if, if I'm ever in another situation with vast material loss I need a program of personal development of physical exercise of, of loving life in order to love life and not be attached to my door being ripped off I want to be attached to my legs not being ripped off I don't want to be attached to my door being ripped off I want to be attached to the fact that nobody died in the fire I don't want to be attached to the fact that I quote unquote lost everything in the fire that's that's what attachment does and that's what accept it's attachment or acceptance to me those are the two um it's like the polarities in, in this on this spectrum attachment to material things acceptance that all things are due to turn to dust and somewhere in the middle we walk this line and i don't know if this is totally relevant to what we were going to talk about but something that has been on my mind a lot recently is the joining of a monastery like that thought has been on my mind when i'm tested recently for a few fleeting moments sometimes a few minutes my thoughts of wouldn't it just be quote unquote easier if i just went and joined a monastery because then i would still be in the world but i would be fully not of it and i always come back to the fact that people are getting their legs ripped off and their car doors ripped off people's homes are on fire people are losing people to fire and then fleeing it and disappearing into the monastery into the totally into the spiritual realm is not giving people what your jujitsu sparring partners gave you that sort of love accountability and presence as painful as this world is it's what's grounded me so not i mean it is actually all everything we're speaking of is super relevant but that has been on my mind recently especially when the universe has been giving me these tests the thought is john you know what to do you know how to bring yourself positivity go into the woods go into the mountains and just do it every day but i always come back to knowing how much pain there is out in the world of people that wouldn't react to their car door getting mangled in the way you did they would just immediately go to the bar go on social media and start spreading their negativity freak out on the person and try to harm them you know physically hurt the person so Man, the test. So I'm glad to hear you passed the test. And I'm beyond over the moon that I passed my test because I wouldn't, I mean, I'd be on here on some weirdo. I'm sure you have strange guests that aren't quite with it, you know, presenting strange energy. And I'm not going to bring that to everyone. Yeah, I've had uh, over the last couple of years, I've definitely met a lot of interesting people, man. But um, yeah, dude, it is what it is. That's what I keep telling myself. Like uh, when things like that come, it's it's so funny and i uh i just when i when it, it's just so funny man i always i think back to that uh old version of myself because even my girlfriend brought it up she's like you're not pissed i like i've dealt with anger issues a lot because it's a way that i mask a lot of my other emotions and um there's a ton of different ways that I'm learning to channel that now. Like martial arts is one of those things where it's like helping me channel kind of that negative energy into a positive energy. But 
it it's cool to see the the actual development of my character that way and and i'm just saying this in in regards to you know not boasting about myself but just to kind of talk about how it's possible to change that much where i'm on the phone with my girlfriend and she's actually surprised she's like you're not pissed you're not mad about this and i'm like well like i'm blessed like i it's all good like i'm okay i'm perfectly fine my truck is gonna be fixed i know that and you know for the most part my life is going to continue on the same way that it was before you know there's going to be a few annoying days of having to get my vehicle to and from a body shop and having a way to for that and not have access to my tools for work but i mean for the most part it's going to be all right and and for me like that might not sound surprising to people uh that are listening to this but just kind of having for me knowing how much that reaction has changed is just, I'm so thankful and, and uh, I feel blessed for that, man, because the old me would have been freaking out, yelling at the guy, like screaming at the guy that hit my vehicle or, or just like kind of taking that as an excuse, like you said, to just be like, oh, I've had a rough day, time for some drugs, time for some alcohol, time for some video games, time to just fucking hide myself. And uh, find an excuse to cancel this interview and take the morning off, like you said. Like it's just like that's that's who the old me was is to run from those negative emotions. And now I'm like, I I I don't want to say it, but like, give me more challenges. I know the world. I know the world elicit if I start saying that. But um, yeah, man. I I just uh. I feel happy to be able to reflect on that. And that's kind of what I was reflecting on as I was journaling this morning. It's just like, wow, that change is so cool, man. It's so cool to know that it's possible to change. That change is so cool. And I think you should brag on yourself. I think the world needs to hear more guys like us that have come from such a place of nihilism. Masking one's pain with anger is so on point guys that come from that place where I used to lash out on the regular, on the regular, because it was just me running from the emotional work that needed to be done, hiding from the emotional work that needed to be done. That's what anger is. It's not dealing. It's escaping. Nobody is, is at base. Just a normal person is not enraged. So in being in that enraged state, you are automatically moving away from our normal state, you know, the positive state, the abundant state, the present state. You just unpacked a lot in that last few minutes. Um, See, the thing that really, yeah, the the anger situation, the using that anger to mask pain or to, to not have to do what we're supposed to do is enormous. And then using external negativity to get us to not do the necessary but important work of our lives, which is procrastination and self-hatred, is also super important. All of that is so real. And I'm going to take what you said one step further. You said, you know, bring on more challenges and check this out. In dealing with your current challenge without breaking it's a good thing because now you're armed with the knowledge of how to deal with this challenge without breaking. So the next time your door gets ripped off or your hood gets ripped off or your car gets totaled, you won't even bat an eye. Like yeah. all of these things, I don't wish for this home, this beautiful home that I just purchased to be engulfed in flames. But having been through that already, the next time something negative at that level happens to me or one of my clients, I know how to deal with it. This is why I say that it's not a loss, it's a lesson. 
Losses are something that can't be regained. A lesson is something we learn from. And that all this, all that shit, you, what you went through yesterday, that's a massive lesson. Massive. So I respect that. Yeah, man. I, uh, I, I feel, uh, I feel blessed today. This morning has been like kind of a nice, uh, chilled out morning you know just kind of making coffee i did my stretching and did my journaling did a little bit of reading just to kind of get myself in the mindset for this and then uh we're gonna have a kick-ass day man i feel good about today i um i wanted to kind of let you set the tone for the conversation that we were planning on having today and just kind of why you wanted to chat about it maybe or um just kick it off absolutely of all of the satanic nihilistic behaviors i engaged in the one that brought me and by extension the universe the most pain was my hooking up it it was the most painful act to me and brought me and those around me the most pain it was the source of so much negativity in my life i know a lot of guys that walk this path it was the booze some guys the drugs some guys it's the food some guys it's the anger but it's all all of them (laughs) it's it's all them equally well you're the first person and also you know you're a contemporary of mine we're in the same age range the same demographic we have the same you know energy and we seem to have walked the same path or at least a similar path on this aspect and nobody that i've connected with in this medium has been open in the same way that I have, or at least that I've connected with around hookup culture uh, has been as open about how destructive it is both to the self and the group and, and everyone around it. And hookup culture is the same as drugs, alcohol, food, uh, lying, because it is uh, running from ourself. It's an escape into short-term meaningless, insert whatever here in order to avoid doing the necessary but difficult work that is healing ourselves, that is self-love. And self-love is an interesting concept in regards to hookup culture because in doing these short-term hookups we're actually moving ourselves away from any sort of love it is not possible to give your love to one person when you are engaging in all of these acts with many people and it shows a lack of love for self that you are unable and unwilling to give love to anyone else and instead you're actually taking and taking and taking and taking and taking and this leads to so much pain this led to so much pain in my life i thought i wanted all of these things and when i got them it just showed me i was empty absolutely empty so i can kick it off there i, I would love for to hear again about what you went through in high school on this front because that i mean that was jaw-dropping and I definitely did not have the same experiences in high school. I invited this, these, the demons into my life in college and thereafter. Yeah, man. I, um, I'm just writing down a couple of things here so I don't forget about them. Cause there was a few things that you said that really kind of hit with me, but I know for myself, like I, um, yeah, even starting in high school, like I, uh, I, I started doing like the whole hookup thing, like super early, man. And uh, it kind of ate away at me because it didn't allow me to develop kind of what you're talking about, which is a self-love or I, I always said I was filling a void with a hole, which is kind of a graphic way to talk about it. <laughs> it's kind of a gross way to say it, but I was feeling, I was feeling, I was trying to fill a void within myself, um, whether it's self-love or I always kind of refer back to it as like a spiritual void uh not understanding god not understanding how this world actually works and um 
trying to fill like uh that emptiness within within me um feeling of you know not being good enough not being loved not feeling like uh capable of being loved like not only that not only did i feel like i wasn't loved i didn't feel like i was capable of being loved um for multiple reasons and i've had this conversation with you know my current girlfriend i've had this conversation with my parents i've had this conversation with many different people in this world and i'm still trying to figure out um the deep inner roots of why that problem occurs but uh now that i've kind of named the beast and identified this i can pick it up in other patterns in my life of oh i'm trying to fill that void again i'm trying to fill that void again and for me a lot of the time you know i could try and fill that was you know if i if i can hook up with this person then maybe i'll feel like i'm good enough maybe i'll feel like i have something to offer to other people maybe i feel like i'm wanted and it does the exact opposite it creates the exact opposite because whether you believe in and i don't really buy into a lot of the new age spiritual stuff i kind of buy into the like older religious stuff <laughs> as you could you could say but um even if you buy into like kind of the new age spiritual stuff you know there is a lot of energy that goes behind having sex with someone else you're you're giving them a lot of yourself and and they're giving you a lot of yourself uh, of themselves and if there's not kind of a an emotional connection there if there's not any like um trying to think of the word monogamous energy there and, and you're not actually making any uh spiritual commitments to each other you're, it's kind of like throwing all of that stuff away you're, you're you're emptying your soul into a a, a bucket that's just going to be dumped in a river and flowing away from you if that makes mm -hmm. sense uh, it doesn't make sense that is sense that was incredibly eloquent every single word you just said could have come from my thoughts we are walking the same exact path this is total congruency all of you all everything you just said it's about ego the sense of validation filling a void oh if this person will give me this then maybe i will be viewed as positive this this is exactly how i felt this is what drove me to pursue these nihilistic meaningless encounters with low feelings of self-worth and trying to fill the fill a void with a hole i mean that you just all of that is so accurate and anyone that doesn't see it that way is unaware of how painful their existence is or is lying and i think most people would be lying when they heard what you just said because it's a painful realization it was very painful for me to admit to myself and i guess the universe that all these things that i had driven myself to pursuing for 10 15 years more were actually the root cause of my harm. That's a massive ego blow. That is an enormous ego blow. Obviously, on, on this aspect, you're you're relatively egoless, and as am I, because we're willing to speak on this openly. But for for people that aren't ready to say that, hey, my pursuit sleeping around and hookup culture is based on low feelings of self worth. You know, I urge you all to really look deeply at how these encounters have affected you and affected the other people. And for me, I can tell you that my lack of commitment in my relationships and also during my hookup situations has left me with a lot of negative thoughts towards the way we are encouraged to behave. Last time we were on here speaking on the way society has constructed a broken food system and 
all the negativity behind that. But this quote unquote freedom, you know, this, I'm not even going to call it free love. That was something else from the 60s and 70s. But this, it's actually not free love. It's the opposite. Love is taken from us. I guess it would be caged love. Let's call it caged love. This The system of caged love, where love is locked away from the people that engage in the hookup culture, is very much part and parcel of, um, of our culture. If you ride the New York City subway, almost every subway ad, which are pitched to people, you know, workers of, of all types, but most people that ride the subway tend to be younger because of mobility issues. And I don't really want to get into the demographics of New York City, but it's very much a young person city. Many, if not all subway cars have something related to dating, fertility treatments, uh, you know, erectile dysfunction, uh, birth control, and everything in, rela in relation to low investment sleeping around. And this is a societally constructed thing in the same way that the food is societally constructed in order to engender negative behaviors that keep those forces in power, in power, and to keep our love caged and locked away from us and totally inaccessible. And love was not accessible to me. When I did not let other people access my love, my love was not accessible from uh, from others at all. Yeah, and that's the other thing about it I was going to say is, you know, when you have this kind of mentality or this idea that, you know, I can use somebody to help me feel better about myself. I can use an activity with another person to help me feel better about myself. The I really had to view kind of the vocabulary that was going on inside my head when I was thinking about, I'm talking about using people. And when you're talking about using people, there's nothing good that can come from that, right? Like the, you're, you're starting, like I, there was a point where I was like, kind of like, and, and this is like kind of disgusting to say, but it is what it is. I, 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 I'll talk openly about it, but you know, you, you literally start to just see people as like, almost like a tool. Like, it's like, this isn't like a person now, this is a game. This is a game I'm going to play. And if I win the game, I'll feel good. It's like, almost like, uh, I'm a character in a video game. And if I say the right things, and and they respond to this, then I can respond with that. And and I can kind of go through this kind of weird game. And if I get the prize at the end, then I'll feel good. And you literally start to, uh, well, I can only speak for my own kind of uh, perception. You're speaking it. for us both. You're speaking for us both, please. <laughs> yeah. It's like you, you literally stop looking at other people as people. And you start looking them at, at them as like a game or a tool of like, I'm going to use this person to feel better. And it's like, looking back at the, the mentality that I had, it's like, how disgusting of a mindset is that, man? To Broken. just think of somebody as something to be used as opposed to something that could be loved and cherished and committed to. Mm, and as we both know, the user is as harmed as the used. And 100%. that is something I never, I never got. But I'm I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of anything, at least of all being honest. So when you, you're speaking for us both, it was a game. The prize was feelings of self-worth. And the mechanism to get there was the use of other people. I would rather die than use someone for their body. I'm going to put that on record. I would rather leave this earth then use someone and hurt someone the same way I used to hurt people. Yeah, man.
because the use of them was a form of death. That was soul destruction. That was what pushed me to the brink. That was what nearly killed me. Coming to the realization of all the bullshit that I'd done to myself and others, mainly through the use of all of these things, including the use of other people's bodies and the gamification, the gamification of nightlife and the NPC. It's like treating like them like an NPC in a video. It's exactly uh-huh. it. That is death. That is what the dark forces wish us to be is to speak and interact and use other people like tools because we are being used as tools in this massive game of life. I would rather die. It is so painful for me to think about. Yeah, man, a hundred percent agree. I dude, I actually, I a hundred percent agree with what you just said is like, that's um for those tinfoil hottest out there like me, that's, that is a hundred percent the ploy that they, that, that they i hate saying they but that that they would like us to have is like to 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 disconnect emotionally and spiritually from other human beings and to treat them like they're they're npcs and to not care about them to be able to just be like fuck it i don't care about my neighbor i just care about me i'll help him because i know that he'll be able to help me later I'll, i'll have a favor to be able to draw from him later like it's like how about just love that person, understanding that that person is a version of yourself? <laughs> you know what I that's mean? That's only, like, yeah, but that's only possible when you believe in the spirit that links us all. Once you believe in the spirit that links us all, how on earth can you take advantage of that person? How can you not be there? I mean, it's in the Ten Command or the Golden Rules. In where does treat thy neighbor as thyself? I mean, the Ten Commandments is you know don't do harm against your neighbors. These are six thousand year old rules. Like these rules have been around for 6,000 years and now we just decide it's okay to covet thy neighbor's ass. It's okay to commit adultery because Tinder told me it was fine and you want to be polyamorous. Dude, I was involved in so much satanic, degenerate, polyamorous, sick, just the worst fuckery out there. And I'm glad to talk about it because that shit is so awful and i hear the gnarly shit going down outside my window every night i live next to a nightlife district in lower manhattan and every friday saturday and sunday morning when i'm up at four people are out there doing the same shit that i'm doing now so i run a program now and when you speak about them and the program they're oh there is definitely a program that's being run and if you don't have your own program of internally solidified moral views and actions you're going to be running the systems program and when you speak about they, I just want to make it clear for for all listeners. I talked to Mark last time that they is when a lot of people talk about them running the the system. There's some like Jewish aspect. Mark is not that dude. Like, don't get it twisted. This is this is about power. This is not about ethnicity. A lot of people that I've spoken to or have like yelled at me on the street talking about them in power in New York. There is a particular religious group that is being referred to, but that's not it. There is a program of the system though. Tinfoil hat or not, we do speak the same language about a particular ideology that rules us. There is an ideology that rules us in the dominant global culture, and that is one of caged love and caged chickens, a fucked up food system, fucked up romance system, and it's meant to keep us powerless, fat, and paying them. That's it, in pain and paying them. So, man, this is some powerful shit. This shit is like kryptonite to me this is so radioactive more than the food more than the drugs more than the booze this is it there's such spiritual death involved in using other people for their bodies there's such spiritual suicide in using other people for their bodies it is the destruction of the self through the use of the other and it it just it right now i'm getting agitated just thinking about how painful that shit was and my drive this 
emerge this unceasing, unyielding desire, this neediness, this compulsion, this sickness, this possession, straight up demonic possession, that drunk dude on gin. I used to like drink gin, eat mushrooms, blow coke, and just be so fucked up. I'm just on a quest to say the right things to the NPC. It was fucked up. It was fucked up. Dude, and, and the scary part about that is the way that that kind of primes your brain and the way that it kind of uh, locks itself into your psychology because you can go through that phase of your life and and this is me again speaking from personal experience you can go through that phase of your life and you can cut the drugs out you can cut out the drinking you can cut out the partying and you start you know a monogamous relationship right you get into a relationship and then you hit those same depths as before you hit those same kind of uh you know, the things that we were talking about earlier, you hit the same roadblocks or speed bumps in your journey. You start feeling like, okay, a little bit lower about yourself, a little bit lower about yourself. And uh, your ego takes a hit. And even though you're in a relationship with somebody that you love and somebody that you cherish, you revert back to your old thought patterns. You revert back to your own ways. And you start to think, okay, well, I don't feel good about myself. I feel like shit. I, I, uh, you, your self worth starts to plummet, and uh, you, you revert back. You, you think, what was the way that I was able to make myself feel better before? And you start to almost like literally relapse, in the, in a way, in a sense. And, and you look at how many people are unfaithful in relationships now, and how easy it is to be unfaithful in relationships now because you know in the past you would have had to go out and pursue and talk to somebody and now it's so simple to just be unfaithful in a relationship by jumping on instagram sliding in someone's dms replying to that person that's been sliding in your dms jumping on like one of those fucking hookup apps i people call them dating apps but i don't even refer to them as that it's just a literal hookup app or just like jumping in and indulging in how much fucking disgusting like like fucking content there is on the in, on the internet like there's people that are in relationships yet they watch porn like every fucking day it makes me sick it makes me sick and relapses can happen everywhere we have to be vigilant we have to keep our baseline discipline strong in all areas because if we let it slip in this area then the next time we're doing this, we're going to be thinking about how we let it slip in this area. And we're going to allow that slippage to enter this area. And pretty soon the whole shit comes tumbling down. The unfaithful thing is, is horrible. And if you're cool sharing, I'd love to hear how you got into your current relationship. Um, because I think it's really beautiful. You know, there's not to me, there's nothing more beautiful than commitment, commitment to self, commitment to others, commitment to the group, commitment to the species, to commitment to the universe. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to hear, you know, because you come from such a place of similar background, how this has developed and, you know, what's been going on in, in your world since joining, you know, in this committed union. Yeah, man, I um, it's a, it's that's actually a weird, funny story, because when I first met Teddy, that's my girlfriend, we met we've been dating now for a couple years, but before we started dating. It's actually, this is a perfect segue for this conversation because we met 
at work, we worked, we both worked in a gym and uh, we worked at different locations, but we did the same position in the gym, which was basically just like sales. And uh, I know a lot of gyms in the States work the same way that my gym used to work. I say my gym, but I don't work there. I haven't worked there in years, but um, it was heavily into sales. Like, like not a lot of gyms work like this in Canada, but it was an American run company and they were all from like the uh, LA fitness, 24 hour fitness type of thing where you're just like pushing the sales of memberships. And that's what my job was. That's what her job was. Um, so you like um, do a bunch of phone calls and basically try and sling as many memberships as you possibly could to your gym and then try and sell those people personal training. And it was a fun job. I learned a lot, honestly. I worked there for years. I ended up running one of the gyms as a general manager. But when uh, when we first started, it was in the sales training like like day one and uh we worked at different locations and we uh got sent to this like sales boot camp basically at the head office and uh we like kind of like i'm like staring at her across the room i'm like i'm into her and she's kind of looking at me and we're like okay and she was there with a mutual uh, a mutual friend of ours like i kind of knew this other guy through another friend so I'm like, maybe if I like talk to him, I could start talking to her. This will work out. So I, I'm like, oh, yo, what's going on? Start talking to this guy. And uh, we've got mutual friends. So I kick off the conversation. I've always been like pretty open with conversations and, and easily starting them. And so I start talking to him. I start talking to her. I think I either get her Snapchat or her number or whatever. And I'm like, this is sick. And so we actually do end up like kind of like linking up and we, uh, we, uh, you know, kick things off and then we just kind of separate. And then we, we stop talking to each other. We go our own ways. We start dating other people. And then, uh, like a year later we link up again. We like start flirting again, start get like, kind of like maybe let's go for dinner type of thing. And then, we meet up. It's great. We feel each other's energy. It's good. And then we like stop talking all together, go our own separate ways, start dating other people. And, and it's like kind of, uh, I think we were both stuck in a similar, uh, mindset or like kind of habit cycle of like what we were talking about earlier of, of kind of seeking external validation from other people. And this goes on for about like probably five or six years. So we knew each other for like five or six years where we would kind of meet up, kind of get a fling going and then go our separate ways. Thanks. See, like I used to joke with her and be like, all right, see you in a year. Like, and, and, uh, it was like about two years ago where she messages me and we kind of start flirting and talking again. And she's like, I think we need to just take this seriously. Like, we we need to like buckle down and like obviously we we are continuously pulled towards each other and then we go like keep fucking off and and doing like kind of this like 
you know, seeing other people type of thing. But like, let's just take this seriously. And she kind of like, this is one of the things that I'm most attracted to her for is like really buckled down and pursued me and, and was like, Hey, I'm ready to commit to this. Like, uh, and, and I wasn't even really like fully, I was, I was kind of scared of commitment because I was so scared of being hurt, not just by her, but by other people, you know? And so it was, um, it was a big thing for me that she was like, no, like, let's take this serious. Let's take this serious. And I was still for the like first part of our relationship, still stuck in this cycle of like what you're talking about, of what we've been talking about this whole time of just like still flirting with other people, still like not wanting to commit because I was so scared of if I open myself up, then I would be opening myself up to more pain potentially i was so scared of that you know and i was thinking like if i'm gonna be hurt then i want to make sure that i still look good to myself like it was like this ego thing you know where i was like if i can set up some other options then the the fall down might be cushioned and uh you know she basically was like get your fucking head on straight. And she kind of like talked to me in a way where it's like, all right, you either fucking go down this road of continuing to seek external validation. And, uh, I'm going to fucking leave and you can do whatever you want, or you can learn how to commit and start doing some deep inner work and I'll stay with you. And I was like, Holy fuck. Like that is unconditional love. Like to see me in a world where I'm just like indulgent in external validation, uh, external dopamine sources and, 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 uh, basically addiction. And she's like, look, you need to cut this shit or I'm going to leave. But if you want to accept the responsibility of what you're doing and how you're living right now, and you want to learn how to commit and you want to learn how to be a man, then I'll stay. And I was like, holy fuck man and that kind of set me on it kind of set me on the right path that way so it's funny man we had um, a long a long history of like five or six years and then uh before we even started dating and now we've been uh together for about two years now righteous woman i love that ultimatum you know a lot of guys need ultimatums like guys operating from weakness like you and i were I essentially needed an ultimatum that if you don't change your life, the, this extremely negative thing is going to occur. You need an ultimatum as well. People want like to be people think that they want to be mollycoddled, but men operating from weakness, from addiction, from external validation, from ego need an ultimatum from a powerful figure. And if this obviously this woman is quite powerful, so much respect to her. That is a great segue to go from just the pure hooking up to the hooking up, you know, intermittently to this commitment laden ultimatum is really beautiful and the fear thing is massive i need this thing because if i am I do not receive it i will perceive in this way i mean how many relationships are held together just because the two people decide they would rather be there than be single and be honest they're afraid of being single they're afraid of being exposed they think they aren't worthy man that's quite a path to walk i mean i've done that on again off again shit that shit is is horrible i've done it we've both done it all it's it's terrible and a lot of these things do come down to ego validation and external validation and all this shit it's just at the end of the day we evolved 
to have good mental health when you're fully committed to one person. Everyone else that says otherwise is lying. And the reason why single one-on-one commitments don't work is not because of the fact that we aren't evolved to that, is that we've created a society around that that wants to break it up, that plays into the the dopamine chasing, the pleasure chasing, the nightclub mentality, and and all that other stuff. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because I, you are a Christian and and a lot of traditional Christian theology and thought and whatnot, and I guess, you know, let's call it monotheistic, is around commitment to one person. I know so many relationships used to happen essentially in church, like that's where it occurred. I think that's really beautiful. Uh, in the Jewish tradition, there's a shidduch, I think, or shidduch. I, I'm, I'm not particularly adherent to the faith. So any Yiddish speakers out there, Hebrew speakers are probably going to hit on me, but this is a person in the community, a matchmaker that made it happen. Every time in traditional Jewish areas where Jews, because essentially my people were excluded and secluded, they had to be alone. And in order to keep cohesion, because any outcast would essentially be ground into dust, they couldn't really function outside of the the shtetl, the Jewish, the Jewish community. They had these people that matchmake and in traditional religious sectors of um, Jewish life in the U.S. and in Israel and abroad, there are still matchmakers that essentially make it happen. I'm not saying that that's the best way to go about it, but I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on, is that what we need? Do we need this religious aspect in order to keep our shit together? Is the secular world setting us up to do hookups and just fuck our lives up spiritually or it's it's fascinating i don't love the hyper religious aspect of the jewish side of things because there's a lot of control and weird second class citizenship that comes with that and and yeah so just please i tell me your thoughts on that yeah man i um there definitely is a spiritual aspect to it i i will say that i think that a lot of people struggle um with monogamy because of kind of a an escapism from past traumas i know that that's like a lot of it what it was for me uh because you know i have been cheated on i have been broken up with i have been kind of you know i i looked at being vulnerable as setting myself up for failure i i consistently needed to have a shield a wall and i was like well if i'm gonna be in a relationship where there's cheating i'd rather be the cheater than to be the cheated on you know, I'd rather be like kind of one foot out the door. And if this relationship fails, then I, I know like whatever, I wasn't really fully committed anyways. Like it was kind of like a, a way of protecting myself. And and um, I had to, re- you know, I, 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 I had to rediscover my faith uh, just to kind of circle back to the spiritual aspect of it. I, I don't really... um. I'm not really a huge fan of the whole like arranged partnerships uh, just because I just really feel like human beings are so intricate. And I think that uh, it really is difficult to find somebody that you, you, um, you have, you align with. And I think that some people don't agree that you have to align fully with somebody, but I, I think that for the most part you do, there's obviously a lot of differences in the views and beliefs that, uh my girlfriend and i have but our values are aligned our values are the same in terms of what what a family looks like what our future looks like the way other people should be treated the way that we should behave on a daily basis like all of those things are aligned um and i think that a lot of it you know even if you 
because there's going to be a lot of people that listen to this that that uh know god and understand god and and uh his role in our lives but i think that there's also going to be a lot of people that don't and i think that uh jordan peterson kind of says this best and he says you know something along the lines of like i don't know if there's a god but i think it's best if we live in 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 uh in the world where he exists i think it's best to 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 live in a way that he does exist so even if you're wrong there's kind of no bad consequences cuz you just lived a good life you lived morally uh but if you're right then you live morally so it's good you know you you're you're uh, you're all good with him and i think of that a lot in terms of my relationship because there was a lot of times where i would be like oh i can get away with this no one will know you know i would be like you know no one's going to see this no one's going to know about this if i cheat if i even not even cheat physically but like emotionally if i cheat if i'm flirting with people if i'm looking and seeking for ex ex external validation if i'm watching porn if i'm doing these things and understanding when i when i rediscovered my faith and understanding that there is somebody watching and he wants me to win he wants me to do the right thing and i've been kind of defying him this entire time it's like no wonder I was so depressed. No wonder I was so anxious. No wonder I was feeling like I couldn't be loved because I was defying him. And and there knowing and knowing that there is a witness now. It's like, hey, you are being watched. So make sure you're not fucking up anymore. That makes me feel good when I'm not fucking up. It's like, there we go. There's one for the good. There's a point for the good team. You know, like that's almost the way it feels now is like, that was a little victory. I was almost pulled into temptation again. That's the world in a nutshell. Man, that is the world in a nutshell right there. First of all, there's so many aspects of the idea of someone... <sighs> Observation, right? The reason... And I, I said this recently, that the reason you feel weird after you do weird stuff is because somebody is watching if you don't think anyone is watching let's just assume that nobody is watching are you not doing it aren't you present for those acts are you absent well you're trying to be absent that's what the acts do is they try to remove you from yourself but you're watching you and then if you believe that that there is a universal consciousness there is a link between us well then the entire group is watching you the spirit is watching you so Someone is always watching you in whatever you're doing. And and the Peterson quote is interesting that we want to live in a world or we want to act as if there is an omniscient force because that essentially pushes us towards morality. Why not? Why not? Why not live a moral life? Because you don't want to, because you don't feel like it, because you want to sleep around, because you want to cheat. You also talked about cheating as, as having like two in the kitty so you're not the one being hurt. I think... Leonard Cohen said something along the lines of uh, love will teach you how to shoot someone that outdrew you. Like that's the only thing he learned from love. Um, that's a pretty painful idea, but it's true that a lot of people who have been hurt and sounds like you were, you know, having been cheated on. Okay. Well, I'll never be hurt again. I will always be the one to pull the plug. I will always be the one to run. I'll be, or at least have the ability to cheat the ability to run. And then, yeah, just like you said, well, I wasn't that committed anyway. So what does the relationship matter? All of these things are soul destruction. All of these things are, are internal pain. All of this is toxic. And all of this is not in a line with the world that I want to live in. 
and in terms of the arranged situation, it's so archaic. I mean, arranged marriages have been around also for thousands of years. I'm not saying we need to bring them back. But what I am saying is we need to figure out a way forward. And the way forward is not the way that most relationships occur. If that was true, then more than half relationships, at least in the US, would not end in divorce. Something needs to happen either in creating the relationships to make them strong from the jump or in maintaining the relationship to make them strong during tough times. And I, I'm not saying that 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 we need to go back to arranged marriages or whatever. But I like what you said about values, that the, the partnerships need to be aligned in values. But it's so tough. Who do even have values these days? Who has values for more than a week or two before they decide that what they were doing isn't valuable enough, so they need to go back to doing something else? It's a tough one. These relationship things are are real thorny. Yeah, and I think that uh, a lot of people like are willing, and I've seen this with uh, friends of mine, and I've done it in in, in past. I wouldn't even call them relationships, but uh, I'll call them experiments. But um, you know, you're willing to sacrifice your own values and, and be like, oh, I'll just adopt whatever this person thinks. Like I know that there's been a lot of different polarizing things that happened in the last couple of years. And I'm happy that for the most part, um, my girlfriend and I see things eye to eye. Like we're like able to think it and be like, this is fucked. Whereas there's been a lot of people that, you know, um, throughout the last few years where things have happened and, um, you know, I'll have a conversation with them one-on-one -on -one and they'll be like, I 100% align on this. I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I, I actually view it the exact same way. And I'm like, oh, really? Because like literally yesterday we had a completely different conversation where we were about to argue about it. And they're like, oh, well, I had to say it because uh, this person was there and I didn't want to offend them or that person was. And they're literally sacrificing their own views and beliefs and values. And I'm like, dude, how can you live in such a fake reality like that? Like, I don't care what you think, but just tell me what you actually think. That is the <laughs> most common issues issue people have. They would rather be accepted than be accepted by themselves. They would rather other people pretend to accept them or say they're accepting them than accept them themselves. They would rather, they want to accommodate other people's weaknesses. They want to lower themselves to other people's level because they think in raising themselves to their own level, the other person is going to feel some type of way. So fucking what? So fucking what? If I tell you that it's okay to hook up with people because I know that's what you want to hear because you want to hook up with people, whereas I know that hooking up with people is going to bring you pain, I'm essentially saying, fuck you, I want you to be in pain. What type of bullshit is that? What type of bullshit yeah. is that? So I'm going to say it's not okay to hook up with people. And if you feel angry towards me, good. Because maybe I've stopped you from hooking up with people. And maybe the next time you hook up with someone after when you lay in bed hating yourself, you're going to hear my voice in your head saying it's not okay to hook up with people. And that'll be the last time you hook up with people. So yeah. no, that what you just described is, is just so common that, well, I had to say it because Jenny was there and, you know, Jenny's massively overweight so i can't talk about how tracking my macros has changed my life because jenny is overweight and jenny probably wants to change her life but it feels awkward for me to speak the truth fuck that in a, in the land of liars be the truth teller be the soothsayer be the person that says what they live what they believe what they know to be true or die knowing that you lied to the world those are the two choices speak your truth speak from the heart speak your love or lie and be like everyone else just pretending to get along. There's so much fucking pretending. You live, you work in the construction world. At least you need, you get to be around like people doing physical labor. I just 
I started a new job recently, which is awesome. It's not even a job. It's more like a, I mean, yeah, it, it is a job per se, but for me, it's more of something where I'm paid to pursue my passions, my love. It's in support of local farms and local farmers and local New York food. And just, it's amazing. It's an amazing position. But before that, I was at a tech job. And if you've ever worked for one of these large tech firms, this was a multinational corporation started in Europe. It had a multi-billion dollar valuation, received all this funding, and it went absolutely fucking nowhere. In addition to that, it was essentially several thousand people lying to each other every day. And I could never truly speak up because I wanted something from them. You guys, if you are lying to someone, it's because you want something from them. And I wanted my paycheck. I didn't want to get fired. So I would show up to work and lie and pretend that it was okay that at the company Christmas party, married people were hitting on each other, that there was alcohol at every single event, that there was no essentially ethical standard around many aspects of the business that could have been changed, that we were lied to repeatedly and we accepted it because we were receiving paychecks. Like this is totally fucked up. And that's the culture of the world that we lie and accept lies because we want things from other people. And what we typically want is to be accepted. Fuck that. Fuck that. I won't do it. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it, though, I, I do have an optimistic view on it because, um, you know, we were kind of talking about kind of the way that, you know, the 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 old world, I'll say, for lack of a better term, I, I'll, I'll just say like the old world. They had that that religious aspect where, you know, sometimes it was even arranged marriages. But for the most part, even if it wasn't an arranged marriage, um, you know, the 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 church was involved, the synagogue was involved, the other there was some sort of religion involved uh with how you started your relationship, how you got married, where you got married, who was present, how your marriage should be. And a lot of people uh view that as like a huge amount of control in your life, which in a lot of aspects it is. You know, it definitely is. I'm not trying to argue that. But what has happened now in my view of the world is the pendulum has swung the other way now where we say, you know, uh, everyone's just an individual. It doesn't matter what your relationship or your or your, you know, well, we can tear apart the, the what a family looks like. We can tear apart what a relationship looks like. We can have these uh, poly polyamorous. Is that the right word? Poly, poly like um you know, all these different types of relationships and what relationships look like and, and what uh, people are and what, you know, there's fucking millions of different sexualities now and, and there's all these things going on. I think it's the pendulum swinging the other way. And I think that once people realize that you know, depression rates are just increasing, anxiety rates are just increasing, divorce rates are just increasing, um, there's tons of different alarming statistics surrounding these things. And it's like, people are going to look like, I'm not saying these things to try and hurt someone's feelings. I'm saying these things out of love. It's like, people are going to wonder why there's so much suffering. And I'm not saying that this is the only reason, but I'm saying it's probably a contributing factor. It, you know, there's the whole argument of correlation and causation, but it's also like, wouldn't we want to investigate this at least at the very least? Is it okay to ask these questions? Like, are these the right paths that we want to be walking down? And, uh, I think that the universe, um, the world that we live in 
it, it tends to work in in terms of pendulums. Uh, human beings are are not great at course correction. We uh, we make knee jerk reactions to like I don't like this, so I'm doing the opposite. And then when you realize you don't like that, you do the opposite, but just to a slightly less degree. And and things will kind of teeter back and forth until you start to fall kind of somewhere in the middle. And I think that that's the way that the, the world works. And I think that we went from this, like, uh, again, for lack of a better term, like uber religious, like uh, the religion was so involved in relationships to now there's to the point where uh, it's the exact opposite. And I think the pendulum is going to swing back soon. Use an interesting word in describing the realm of religion and relationships and that's control. You know, I mentioned that as well. There's a high level of control, but I think our choices are like in in a man's life, I can tell you, I was an out of control man. I had no self-control. I did not operate through any sort of structure or system in which I was attempting to control myself, my urges, my desires, or my actions. So I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I think people are afraid of control because it means that they don't get their hedonism. They don't get their dopamine fix. They don't get their their lust. They don't get their sins fulfilled. But when it comes to control, I think self-control is a great thing. Something else that that you mentioned is is like the role of the family, like the families. There had to be you know, and this is this is so archaic and, and some would say misogynistic or, or traditional or whatnot, but there was like a courting process where the dude had to be found worthy. Like men used to have to be found worthy. Like that woman was a prize. And and it's not like the prize, like in the satanic way we were discussing, like the way we used to pursue women, like even romance was a prize. Everything was written, like all literature back in the day was either religious or based on romance. Those are the two things. It was like high romance was long sonnets and stuff about you know, how to let me count the ways and, you know, all, all these things. Like those two things were linked, the, the beauty of romance and the religion of romance, all these things. And and yeah, we're not going to turn the clock back to the 17th century or the 7th century or seventh century before the common era but there has to be a return to some sort of placing of these very important things in a realm outside of the self we have to place romance and long-term commitment as somehow separate than the pursuit of what the self desires there has to be some holistic pursuit of this thing just as there has to be some holistic pursuit of anti-anxiety action and love for ourselves and eating right like it's got to be important you know when we lower sex when we lower hookups to the realm of the self or below the self then that's the way we treat it when we raise it when we place a relationship in this realm of the spirit of of oneness of love of spirituality then then it becomes that important and that's what we need we need to return to the it's like that this person is a prize like this man is a prize okay then women you could used to think as their their guy is a as a prize you know there used to be dowries and 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 you know these things were paid it's just this whole structure man you're listening to think that i'm a fan of the the 15th century i don't really give a fuck i'm a fan of not hating myself i know what it takes to not hate myself and that's to not hook up yeah, man. And I think that a lot of that draws on the way that society is kind of not just broken down um, 
you know, the way the family values work and everything in, in regards to that, but also in regards to like what, what gender roles are in society and what gender roles are in relationships as well. Like we've seen kind of the erosion and I can speak a lot on the, uh, the side of men, obviously, uh, I'd rather focus more on that because most of my friends are men and, uh, I'm a man. So it kind of makes it, it's a lot more relative to my life, but you know, the erosion of what a man should be like, there's times where, um, you know, you see these videos on Instagram where there's like someone getting beat up or someone getting kind of like someone's robbing a, a, a local mom and pop store and there's men that are just standing there filming it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's what you think a man should do. Like men have for all human history up until like the last 20 years, men have been the protectors. Men have been the providers. Men have been the the uh, the shoulder to lean on when things get fucked up. That's what man's role is in society, and it's it's been eroded because we have things terms now that make no sense. That like the toxic masculinity, or or mansplaining, or any of these dumb fucking sayings that people want to say that make no sense. And when we talk about toxic masculinity, we're talking about pretty much every trait that should actually be a good thing for the most part in what a man actually is supposed to be. Like we have men walking around now that, and, and you and I have both been in this stage of our life where they're just doughy cowards they, they just eat a bunch of processed foods. Their bodies are garbage. They don't function properly. They can't run a fucking mile to save their life. And they, they like literally, it's like, man, in any point of human history, you'd be the one that was shunned. Immediately. Like, you, you wouldn't be able to. And I'm not saying that again. I'm not saying this to hurt someone's feelings. I'm saying this in like the out of out of like, if you feel bad, this is probably why. Because you're not able to provide food for yourself, let alone a partner. You're not able to go out and and protect when things get fucked up. You're not able to uh, even just feel good about yourself because you're not even able to treat yourself properly. You're not able to provide what you need. And I think that that's... I think it happens on both ends of the spectrum. I think it happens on uh, for men and for women as well. I think that women are are being told that a lot of the values that will inherently make them feel good for the most part are bad things about them. You know, women are supposed to be the emotional support. They're they're there's a reason why they're more caring than men. You know, because when 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 uh, in in terms of childbirth. Like there's a reason why women feel a lot more connected to human beings than men do. And it's because having a, having a kid come out of you and then having to care for that thing more than yourself for years before it's able to provide for itself is a fucking difficult thing to do. And I think that that's something that women can do best. They can do it better than men. And I think that there's inherent uh, needs of of people in this world and I think that those things are broken down 
and I think they're eroded. Whether you whether you want to think of it as something that's done on purpose or not, depending on how much tinfoil your hat has. I I noticed that yours doesn't have any tinfoil on it today, but um, whether you want to believe that that's something that's purposely done or not, or you think it's just the pendulum swing, or or how society kind of goes through the motions, I think that it's a harmful thing that we're dealing with now, where we are we're almost given um we're almost forced to feel shame for things that inherently make us feel good and i'm not talking sorry sorry, i was gonna say i'm not talking about uh like feeling good in terms of an instant dopamine rush i'm talking about spiritually feeling fulfilled being able to be the strong person that you're meant to be whether it is a man or a woman or whoever you are or whatever stage of life you're in uh, inherently fulfilling what you're spiritually needing. Yeah. I mean, it's alienation. We're being alienated from our roles. And I like to take it very, very, very simply from a biological aspect. A human male has testicles, testes that produce the hormone testosterone. This is the hormone involved in killing. So, we evolved this hormone to do many things. And one of them was to kill other men, outsiders that threatened the group, the family or the self. It was up to the producer of testosterone to do the act of killing. And this is not an exaggeration. Killing, you know, in rich countries doesn't really happen. That's something that happens in foreign areas with poor people um, who don't matter and they can just be slaughtered, you know, by the million. But here, you know, that, that doesn't really occur, but male humans evolved testes. I'm going to repeat this to produce testosterone, which in times of danger allows us to kill. And I'm not supporting killing, but I am supporting the fact that there are serious biological differences. Someone without ovaries and a uterus cannot bear children. Someone without testes is going to produce a fraction of the testosterone, if any, compared to someone with testes. Why did we evolve in these ways? What, why? It's because it created a stable structure because the person able to kill was not out there possibly being killed. And then the species just ends because there's no one to birth children anymore. Let's be real here. Species evolved to perpetuate themselves to give birth to a new generation. In order to do that, one part of the species needs to fight. The other one needs to birth the children. There's no species in the world, rarely there's any species and they occupy some niche. Let's talk about mammals. The, 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 the group that we are a part of, there is one group that bears children and nurses them and the other one is typically on the front lines fighting. For me, it's as simple as that. Everything else is just a breakdown of the way we have evolved to be with food, with love, with the spirit, with gender roles. It is a simple erosion of that and things are so fucked up now. The doughy man, the man that can't protect. I like to think because I'm kind of heavy into agriculture, like agro eco, uh, like ecological agriculture and traditional ways of producing food and attached to that is very much traditional ways of living. So if you're living traditionally, typically the group, certain groups, the men would typically go hunt, but the women had an equally or 
important role in, let's say, creating certain crafts to keep the 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 group going or cooking or, you know, these things are equally as important. People trip because they think that we're speaking misogyny or we're speaking that men are somehow more important. What if I said that women were more important? What about that? Would that change things? You fucking idiots. What if I said that? That men actually weren't as important because it's women who have the uteruses. And one woman can birth many children. A man cannot birth any. Would that change things? If I was in support of gender roles that actually leaned into the fact that I have testes and not a uterus? People think, oh, you're downgrading women, saying women can't do the same things. You're goddamn right. A, you're, a woman cannot produce testosterone that makes her want to kill another man. A man cannot gestate a child. Let's be real here. But we can only get to this fucked up point of eliminating traditional gender roles because we have a society that does everything for us. Food comes from, meat comes from a styrofoam tray in the supermarket. Produce comes from some hell farm in Peru or Mexico where the workers are literally modern day slaves. Blueberries come from Argentina during the winter. Like this is, that's as fucked up. That mirrors the fucked up nature of the gender roles and how we're being told about toxic masculinity. You know what toxic masculinity is for me? Toxic masculinity is the amount of chemicals in the food that are warping the hormonal balance. That's toxic. Those toxins are changing what it means to be masculine. That's toxic masculinity. Man, you really got me on one with this one because you, I, when we go to the evolutionary aspect, that's when I, I get fired up because we're running counter to eons, generations of evolution. And evolution is not uh antagonistic towards or antithetical towards any religious thought you know evolution a lot of religious people believe that evolution is the most beautiful system created because it allowed the universe our creator's creations to live over time you know by adapting and evolving new new aspects but this is it just comes down to a lack of honesty about what is occurring people wish for certain things to be occurring but what is occurring is something very different yeah 100 percent. i um uh... Your tinfoil is showing now, man. I, I didn't see it before, but it's showing now. I like it. It's a, it's a good look on you, man. It comes out when you get me fired up. When I get to talk about evolution, then I get fired up. I love it, dude. I love it. I, I love hearing this because it's the same. Like uh, people will say like, oh, you're, you know, you're. Um, I, I like the way you said it, how like people think that it's like somehow bashing one gender over the other it's like no i'm explaining the idea that we're both we both play equal yet different roles in society it's not that like oh men can do anything women can do or women can do anything that men can do it's like no they can do different things way better than the opposite gender that's all it's like don't you see that 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 that's how the universe works every every single culture has figured this out what do you think yin and yang actually symbolizes what do you think that all of these different symbols from every culture around the world has symbolized that we're opposite forces that work in synchronicity like we're the same we we are the same we have equality because we can do opposite things equally well not the same things equally well opposite things equally well like there's a reason why um there's different proportions of genders in a bunch of different careers there's a reason why 
it's not like it's like oh it just happened per chance it's not like someone hit the lottery and became what they became we have an inherent feeling within us that is satisfied when we do certain things like i work in the construction industry do you know how many women i'm not saying there's none but do you know how many women i work with in comparison to men fewer than five percent i would guess i i don't know for sure but just judging from what i see in new york i think i've been on a job site with maybe one or two women in my entire life and i'm not saying that they do bad jobs I'm saying that more men are drawn towards building things with their hands and and being at heights and and risking their body to do something like physically demanding. I'm saying that they're probably more drawn towards that and derive more satisfaction from it. There's a reason why when you go to the hospital, most women or most nurses are women. Most of the people there that are caring for people are women because they're more drawn towards that and they have more of an inherent need to care and nurture and take care of other people even teachers like for the most part you know most of my teachers across all my years have been women and and this is again kind of more of an anecdotal uh piece of uh, evidence or or uh something to draw from but it's like i've always just kind of understood that People that care about people, for the most part, are women. Women are better at caring for people. They're just, they're more empathetic. They're more sympathetic. And they're better at nurturing. It's just a fact. That's the way I view the world. Men are better with things. Women are better with people. That's the way I've always viewed it. You know why my message has been so resonant with so many women is because I'm so sensitive and I'm such an empath. And what I love about my own self, which I used to not love, is how sensitive I am. And although I am a man and I acknowledge what man is biologically drawn towards, my deep immersion in like culture and cinema and art and all of these traditionally softer pursuits has made me more empathetic to the plight of women. And and I I so much of, of the energy I get in in my sphere and the creation and whatnot, it's it's there's a hev- more heavily preponderance from women and you know more sensitive guys just because that's the energy I put out and I love that you're saying that because it's true men should provide I'm I, I mean that you know and I can understand the a woman's perspective to the degree that a man can and also because a lot, I've spoken to a lot of women I've coached women female clients and I work in a, a I have worked in, in women-dominated fields, so I've been able to connect with them on that front. But there is a reason that people are drawn to certain things. And if we don't acknowledge a real need to return to to, to that, there's a lot of dissonance there. That's a, there's a lot of tension there. There's a lot of pain there in trying to fit the square peg in the round hole. New York is a meat grinder of people on the career ladder, ladder that at the end of the day, they look back and what do they have? You know, they have a few digits in a bank account. You know, there's not a lot of drive towards that providing for the family or the group here. Maybe it is, but it's at the expense of one's free time. New York is just a very complicated thing in that aspect. And and yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. It's just, it's interesting to hear you say it because 
so many of these careers and whatnot, you know, and it takes a lot. It also takes a lot for a woman to be in these male dominated careers. That's something else. Like a woman that is interested in succeeding in these male dominated careers is going to have to work so much harder. And then the equalist would say, okay, well then that, that's a problem with the career. No, it isn't. It's a problem with the pursuit of something that demands you to work 10 times harder. I mean, you and I are working 10 times harder than the average person at being the best version of ourselves, but that's because what we're looking to achieve, the average person isn't going to be able to. This is a fascinating one. This is a really, really fascinating one. Yeah, man. And even just to kind of tie both topics that we've talked about in into uh into one thing it's 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 something to be said about again the way that the media works the way that our our uh access to pornography and and uh how everything is just shoved in our face like even if you're not even looking for porn you could just be like scrolling through instagram and you see like an ad for it could be anything from like a protein supplement to a skateboard and you're inundated with big fucking asses and titties in your face and um everything is so sexualized now like you know one of the top songs of the last year or the year before was WAP by fucking I don't even remember who it was by because I don't listen to that kind of music but it's like you're inundated with sex and 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 pornography and I think that that ties in a lot to gender roles and this is something that we kind of discussed last time after we were recording where it's like the I've always kind of I've always viewed now porn as a weapon against society. People think that it's like a liberating thing or or the, this whole like I don't even I know what to call it, but like free sex basically it has destroyed a lot of societal needs nowadays for both genders. I think that for all of human existence um, one of the reasons why men are wanting to become stronger, wanting to be able to provide, wanting to be able to uh, have a higher social standing, have uh, a, a way to basically just provide like the, the what we've been talking about this entire time, to be able to get food, to be able to defend themselves, to be able to defend others, was to basically become a suitable partner, a, a, a suitable mate. Correct. And... To to prove their worthiness that's accurate yeah 100 percent. to prove their worthiness to be able to protect not just the women not just their mothers not just their partner not just their children but the other people of the village that they lived with it's like you need to create a good social standing for yourself and to be able to be a good man and, and that's what it is at the end of the day and the reward for that was to find somebody that would take care of the other side of what you what you need in your life to be able to care about you and nurture you and help you and to take care of the things that you couldn't take care of and now um when you look at that kind of relationship you understand that part of that relationship is um having a sexual relationship as well and that's part of what unifies, you know, you could look at it through a spiritual standpoint, you can look at it through a scientific standpoint, you can look at anything, because when you do have um, an emotional connection to somebody, and you guys are in a sexual relationship, there's chemicals and hormones that are released during and after that, that, uh, that act. And I guess the long and short of what I'm trying to say is, 
we found a shortcut to that. You know, there's no need to pursue uh, becoming stronger, becoming smarter, becoming faster, becoming uh, more lucrative, becoming uh, a higher social stand, getting to a higher social standing in, in my environment, because I don't need to pursue all of that to to be rewarded with having a partner and having, having a sexual relationship with someone I'm committed to, because I can just jump on my computer now and virtually essentially have multiple sexual partners a night, whether I'm using dating sites, whether I'm using uh, porn, you know, imagine, think of it this way. Think about how hard you had to work to see your first pair of boobs and how rewarding it was for you. The first pair that you saw, you're like literally in awe. You're like, what, what can I do for you? You just changed my reality. And now it's like, all you have to do is click a fucking Google Chrome button on your phone, on your phone or on your computer. And you can see hundred sets of them. You know what I mean? Like we found the shortcut and now the work that is inherently rewarding to us is not necessary. It's, it's literally the destruction. And, and not only that, I'm just talking about that's how it's destroying men. But what message does that send to women as well? That their value in this world is their body. Yes. You know, that they're just something to be looked at and to be used and to be like, it's a disgusting message to both genders. And I think that that's kind of the biggest harm that we see in regards to uh, this hookup culture, pornography, and the way that everything is hypersexualized nowadays. 100%. That stupid saying sex sells is great because that's a marriage, for lack of a better word, between the profit motive and the universe, between the sacred and the profane, right? So you have this thing that that is totally sacred or should be treated as totally sacred, and it's just been commodified like everything else, and now it's out there for everyone to see. And your description of what used to need to occur in order for a man to achieve a mate, a partner, someone to spend his life with is is accurate. And we've taken away both sides. We've desacralized, or I guess what would it be? We've blasphemized the sex act. And we have also removed any responsibility from the man because now uh, money comes from the government or your job, which is controlled by some evil group of people, not Jews. Uh, your, food com- <laughs> your food comes from the bodega or Uber Eats. Your sense of well-being comes from the amount of people you sleep with, your connection to others comes from what media you choose to consume. The new tribalism is what shows do you watch? I'm not kidding. That's a, We can have a five-hour discussion about people's obsession with the mass media. Uh, what shows do you watch? What, what teams do you support? So all of these things remove a man from himself. You don't have to be athletic achiever because you can watch the dolphins. You don't know how you don't need to have to learn to garden because you can go to the grocery store. You don't need to learn how to love someone because you can hop on Tinder. So all these things that a man used to need to do provide in some way. And not everyone was a hunter. Not everyone was some sort of warrior. I think if we were in a traditional society, I will out myself as likely being the person that probably farmed. You know, it's something that I'm very passionate about to provide for the group in that sense. And obviously I would understand when push comes to shove, I'm going to have to slit the guy's throat. But to be frank, you know, if we were allowed to go to our natural devices, 
I would probably be farming and proving my worth that way that yes, I'm a stable person. I am bringing love and food and abundance from the earth through my love for the earth. And that's how I'm going to prove myself. If there's people out there that are interested in spending a lifetime with this man who is connected to the earth and food and culture, maybe I would have done some writing or some art, you know, as part of a, a side project, once the chores are done, well, then that's the value that I have to society. Now a man's value isn't really connected to what he proves or what he does. It's connected to God knows what his job, like some bullshit career, you know, he doesn't have to be in shape because then he can just hire prostitutes or go travel to some part of the world that Americans can't place on a map and then decide that that's where he's going to have his short-term romantic thing and then come back to his job and pretend like he's the shit and, you know, is, is totally sinless. Like it's just a disconnection. I, we need to prove ourselves. That's what I actually love about Instagram is I'm able to show, we are all able to show where we were, where we are now and what it took to get there. And that's how I choose to prove myself because I live in Manhattan. It's tough to farm. I mean, there are urban gardens and I do support local agriculture, you know, in my, in my projects and my life, but that's how I think we need to prove ourselves. Not, not in how many notches we have on our belt, not in, in how, what drugs we choose to consume. And if we're the man at the club, like these things are disgusting and they have nothing to do with supporting the species. And what do you know, the species, I'm pretty sure the, the life expectancy expectancy in the U S shrunk last year. Like everyone needs to understand that. Do you know what it is? Just out of curiosity. I, I don't, but I do know that it decreased. I'm certain it decreased for men overall, and I'm guessing it decreased for women overall. Let, let's talk about that for a moment. Talk about biological differences. Male life expectancy is less than female. Okay, so there's a difference right there. There's a reason why women evolved to live longer, because they're more important. I, I will never stop harping on that. That function to keep the species alive is on paper extremely important. There's now WAP and all this pop culture degeneracy and the sexualization of everything. It's very harmful for women. It's extraordinarily harmful for women. Like a few moments in the sun or long-term commitment from a partner, which do you want? Yeah. A hundred percent, man. I, I, I detest that stuff. And it's funny too, because it's so difficult for me to, relate to conversations about a lot of things in in the world nowadays like i i um because i just detest a lot of these things and i i, I try not to do it from like a judgmental standpoint but i i see people why not are, judge them why you don't think I, you're being judged on your actions judge the fuck out of them people need to judge everyone else a lot more than they are now judge them yeah i judge just, them I, I I don't know, man. I, I I actually this could be the one thing that we disagree on. I don't think that it's our role to to, to judge, man. I think that there's a lot of, um. I'll put it this way: there's a there's a story in the Bible, man, where uh, there's like some guys that come up to Jesus and they're like, "Hey, uh, this woman is an adulterer, and in our society, she's supposed to be stoned." And he says to them, "Uh." Okay, let the guy that hasn't sinned this week cast the first stone, and they all just stand there. I think that a lot of us um, are quick to judge other people and want to uh, punish them for their sins, but it's like, I don't know, man. I think I still got some demons that I got to flush out of my system first. And uh, that's that's fair. That's but don't the, you think? Yeah, 
Don't you think that we are judging ourselves? Don't you judge yourself on your actions? If we judge ourselves, should we not be then be judging others? Like I invite judgment from others because that holds me accountable. There was a time in my life when I was not accountable for anything. And I know I was being judged then. I would rather be judged and held accountable than not judged and not feel that sense of accountability. By the way, I love that. I love that uh, story. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. That's beautiful. I think another one from the New Testament is judge not lest ye be judged. I'm cool with that. I'm okay judging others because I know that they're judging me and I know I'm judging myself. Yeah, I just think that, um, and maybe this is just something that I I, I kind of had to go through with my own journey was to do it from a place of compassion and love rather than weaponizing it to hurt other people. And, and just kind of be like, hey, um, I know you're hurting. I know you're suffering. But uh, this behavior that you have, this kind of uh, habits that you have, I think that it's contributing to the pain. I don't think that it's helping you with what you're trying to do. Um, and and that's why I find myself saying a lot of the time now, it's like, I'm not saying this out of hate for somebody. I'm not saying this out of anger or to make someone feel bad. I'm saying this because I want them to feel good. I, I want go. them to be happy. I want them to feel loved. There we go. So then we then we come to an agreement. Any criticism that we levy has to be from a place of love. It has to be. We cannot just criticize someone. Like if you were to criticize me on the amount of facial hair I have or the shape of my eyebrows or something that is immutable without surgery, then that would be mean. That would be hurting my feelings. But if you were to criticize me on something that I could fix because you wanted me to feel better about myself and you are accurately judging me as someone in pain, I don't view that as negative. I wish more people had been open with me about my flaws before, because then I wouldn't have been in nearly as much pain. And it took someone to be very, very frank with me about how badly I was fucking up in or and judging me on my actions in order for me to change. But I agree with you. It cannot be from a place of malice. And that's actually part of my darkness that I think perhaps the last holder over for my old self is my occasional character breaks where I do lash out against people, people that I find annoying, people that I find taking my time, people that I find taxing. It's scarcity. It's a scarcity mindset. And then I lash out and I, I say something that I regret. And this is, this is the, the part that I am currently working on is my reactions. Instead of responding to people with compassion, I react to them with with some anger and, and that isn't very pleasant so when we speak on or when i speak on judgments when i say yeah judge the fuck out of them judge them from a place of you are hurting yourself and because you're hurting yourself you're hurting people around you and i'm not okay with that so i'm going to hold you accountable by passing you know by judging you in this area but it is a slippery slope and you can one can very easily slip into judgment for the sake of judgment and i do agree with you on that let he was without sin cast the first stone that is very true it wasn't very long ago that i was full of sin yeah yeah and i just feel like a lot of people get, get to be in a and this is again i'm speaking from my own past experience like it's so easy to fall into the self-righteous idea of like i'm just gonna point out the flaws in everybody else so i never have to look at my own oh dude you hate on what you gave up on like yeah. bro any criticism that i levy is either a criticism against something in myself that i dislike or when far more likely is a criticism something that I see in others that reminds me of something that I've given up on. Uh, there was someone who uh, made a comment on one of my posts a while ago uh, with some low energy stuff bordering on kind of homophobic um, energies. And I, I reached out to this individual and I, I said, listen, dude, I'm not down with that. Like, 
what I'm trying to do is bring people to a place of positivity. When you come onto my page and comment on my post with a bunch of negative, critical vitriol and offering no solution to what you believe it to be a sin or a problem, there we have an issue. I go to their page and I'll be frank, I see that they are likely someone that either did or currently engage in homosexual acts. So when we speak on these heavy judgments that we levy on others, it's often a reflect of something that we dislike about ourselves. So when you go to my page and you see all the shit that I'm talking or what you believe is shit that I'm talking, all of the, the very powerful statements that I'm making, it's a statement against something I used to do. So when people come on my page and talk shit about in very vulgar, horrible language, it doesn't help anyone's cause about what they believe homosexuals are or are not doing. It is simply a criticism, something in their own life, their spirit or their past that they are not cool with. And so that's what judgments are. We hate on what we gave up on. When I'm saying you fat, lazy fuck, you are disrespecting yourself. What do you know? I was a fat, lazy, self-disrespectful fuck. I'm talking about only things that I know. And this is such an important distinction. Yeah, yeah, I like that, man. I, I, I feel like that's a lot of the ways that I... When I record my solo episodes, um, and before you could tell, like if you were to listen to like a year ago, or maybe I can't remember when this person this uh, specifically was, but I used to be a lot more aggressive in the way that I spoke, and that's because that's how my self inner talk was. I was like yelling at myself. Now I kind of talk about it as like. Look, man, I'm looking at this with love. Like, I just want you to feel good. I, I'm tired of being mad. And that's just kind of my own personal journey of it now is like, I just want to operate from love, man. I'm not mad. I, I'm, I'm not. And I don't want to be. And I'm not going to yell. I'm just going to talk to you like you're a grown adult. Uh, like, And I'm just going to basically give you the message that I needed to hear. And that's the way I record now is I literally... I, I spin my desk around here. I set my camera up behind me and I just sit here and I think like, I'm just going to have a conversation with myself. Like this is what I needed to hear. And I'm going to try and convey it in a way that I would have listened to. Brilliant. Yeah. Our external talk often mirrors our internal talk. And my content varies because that's the way I feel. If I'm fired up and ranting, it's because I feel something inside of me that have, has brought that out. If I'm chill, laid back and expressing love, because that's the part of me that I am, I'm feeling, but it's all from a place of abundance. You know, one can be passionate and not angry. One can be fired up and not enraged. You know, one can be, I guess, critical, but not judgmental. Maybe if, if that's the way or judgmental, but not critical, that that's something maybe we can unpack another time, but, but yeah. And I like to hear that evolution, right? You started out, I also started out in a particular place and my content mirrored that. And then as I've evolved, my content has mirrored that. And it, it's interesting to hear that it sounds like you burned through a lot of that negativity. You burned through a lot of that anger. And now what's what remains after we burn through all the negativity and anger is love. And that is where I operate from. And any shortfallings and any shortcomings I have is a lack of love in my heart. I'm not so arrogant as to say that I'm this perfect creature with a deep well of love and abundance that's always present and passes every test with flying colors and is totally overjoyed at every moment on the contrary on the contrary but i know how to get myself there and i know that whatever i'm expressing is what i'm seeing from the world 
The world is not as it is. The world is as we are. So if you see me fired up, it's because there's something in the world that has fired me up. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. And I'm not even trying to say that that's like a bad thing or a good thing because believe you and me, like you caught me on a Saturday morning where I was just stretching and journaling and reading. So like I kind of came into this with like a, a, I was pretty blessed. Like I I was feeling like very uh, grateful and, and just kind of somber and chilled out this morning. There is definitely times where you'll get me yelling at someone or at myself or just fired up in general. I am a very high energy person a lot of the time, but um, I'm also somebody that is, uh, yeah, on a Saturday morning when I'm just sipping coffee, talking to my homie John, then I'm chilled out, you know, like it's, it's just kind of, uh, it's okay to have a bunch of different versions of yourself and to be able to, as long as you're consistent with your values and the way you, the, the way you view the world and the way you, uh, just express that. And I think that, um, I don't think that there's any right or wrong way to, to create content. I think that it's funny too, because most of the people that I follow, most of the people that I listen to in terms of podcasts and, and, you know, they are usually, uh, more aggressive because that's a lot of the message that I like to hear. But I, um, yeah, I just don't think there's any right or wrong way. And I think that truly the only way to do it is to be genuine with how you're feeling at that moment. Is there times where I yell? Yeah, absolutely. Is there times that I yell in my content? Yes. Is there times where I just speak more somber and I'm kind of just trying to figure out where my brain's actually at for the most part? And so that's what a lot of my content is like, is just a conversation with myself. And uh, I think that that's, the best way to do it is just to be genuine with how you're feeling at that moment. I'm not trying to fake a high energy post when I don't have high energy. I'm not trying to fake being cool, calm and collected when I'm bouncing off the walls. I'm just giving whatever I have at that moment. And, and uh, that's where, I'm, that's where I'm at with content creation, man. The conversation with the self is brilliant because in conversing with ourselves honestly, we know we're conversing with everyone else. We're all essentially the same. We've all been imbued by the creator with the same spirit. So in talking to ourselves, honestly, we're speaking to everyone, honestly, it's very, very real. That's, that's brilliant. It's beautiful. That's awesome. Well, John, man, we're coming up on two hours again. I love how these conversations just fly by. It's, there's conversations that I have with people and I regret to inform you that sometimes I'm just like staring at the clock being like, how has it only been half an hour? I'm fucking dying here. But with you, I, I like literally just looked at the clock. Now I'm like, it's for me, 9.50 right now. And we've been on here since eight o'clock. I know it's probably, I don't know, almost one o'clock, two o'clock for you. I'm trying to do the calculation in my head, but um you got it right you got it right it's almost 1 p.m there are only two times when i enter this type of flow state one is during a workout and two is on a podcast uh, two hours guys mark and i have been speaking for two hours straight what is the last time you did something productive for two hours straight i cannot think of anything anything including my so-called work what i do to make money and my hobbies my passions that is as productive as this and this is what we need to urge you all to do that you have to bring positivity this has been a positive act for two hours straight and all i feel is love dude that went by like 
that. That was two hours. It could have been two minutes, literally. This is not an exaggeration. That felt like two minutes. And it's always a pleasure being on here. It's it's incredible to connect with someone physically so quote unquote far away, but spiritually right next to me. You are right there with me. We are we are in this together in a very real way and in a different way than I'm in it together with everyone else. I'm in this with you because we have walked a very, very similar path, like eerily similar, despite that what normal people would say, oh, well, this person's this, this person has that, this person grew up with this, this guy is tatted, you know, whatever. But no, we are very much the same. And everyone that's listening is also the same. But in order to understand your sameness, you have to be willing to connect with others. And I am so grateful to connect with you about the death of hookup culture. May this be the end or the beginning of the end of hookup culture for us all. Absolutely, man. I love it. Well, dude, I, I gotta say thank you for your time this morning. It's nice to a lot of people don't uh, link up in the morning. A lot of my interviews are always like in the evening or in the late afternoon. I like that we did this in the morning, man. For well, at least on my end, it was kind of the morning time. I just like uh, I appreciated that, man. It's a good way to start my day because then I go through the rest of my day thinking about this and and. Uh, kind of just reviewing it i'm even going to listen back to this uh again at least once this uh today but dude thank you for your time man thank you for your energy and thank you for who you are man i really do appreciate it likewise much love much love man do you have any closing thoughts do you have any closing uh you want to give yourself a plug do you want to share anything or, or just give a message out or anything like that if you feel, yeah, this is to everyone listening that feels pain, whatever area in your life that you feel pain in is where your attention should be focused. If there's something in your life that is bringing your pain. If there's something in your life that has brought you pain. If there's something in your life that you believe is going to bring you pain. That's the universe telling you to focus on it. You're ignoring that pain is where your attention comes from. And in addressing that pain, you can finally relieve the tension. You can finally move forward with your life and do whatever it is you wish to. You can find me on IG at NYC Foodways. I am here to help you. My hand is out to help you out of whatever darkness you're in. My door is open now and ever at NYC Foodways. Beautiful, man. Well, thank you very much for everybody that's listening to this. Thank you very much for John. Hope you guys have a good day, good week, good month, good year, good life. And uh, much love and peace out. I'll check you guys soon. Peace out. Bye. Howdy.